This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Well, as uh, you know, things are getting a little more interesting as we get closer to the civic elections in this province. So we're not going to get into all of the specifics of the races, but we are going to talk a little bit about what a ballot should look like or might look like. As you may know or may have heard in the news, Vancouver moving to a randomized ballot after one councillor, Andrea Reimer, raised concerns. Uh, she say, said that she had done some research and uh, has found that... Uh, more candidates that have last names at the top of the alphabet, therefore being on the top of the ballot, get elected. Well, let's talk a little bit more about this. And we'll bring in Jack Lucas, who's an assistant professor in the Department of Political Science, also director of the Urban Policy Program at the School of Public Policy at the University of Calgary. Uh, Jack Lucas, thank you so much for being with us. Hello. Good morning. Uh, is there any truth to it? Uh, some call it the, the aardvark advantage that if your name is at the top or close to the top of the ballot, you have a better chance of being elected? It can be true. And based on the analysis that we did of recently of City of Vancouver election results, what we found was that there was pretty good evidence for the aardvark advantage in the earlier years of the city of Vancouver elections from the 1930s until the 1970s. But once the party system kind of reemerged in Vancouver in the 1960s and 70s, that advantage went away. And that being that the, the number, or sorry, the, um, the name would then have the party affiliation beside it? That's right. So prior to 1974, the ballot was very long in Vancouver, just as it is today, but there was there was no party affiliation listed on the ballot. And that was uh, one of the reasons we think why the, the name order advantage was so much more pronounced in the earlier years than more recently, because once you have that party label on the ballot, then, then you can use that even if you don't remember the names of the 10 candidates you want to support. Uh, if you know which party you want to support, you can use that as a guide as well. Right. And and I mean, the idea that, that people would go in, uh, it just seems a, a bit strange in that we already have such low voter turnout when it comes to civic elections, that, that we would have people that will make the effort to go to a polling station and sit down and go through that long ballot, but just sit down and tick off the first eight names or nine names or however many names they want. It does seem a bit odd. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think there's not that many people who are going in... Um and just selecting the first 10 names on the list. But what does happen is that if you imagine you know you know the mayoral candidate you want to vote for, you go into the, the ballot uh, booth and you vote for the mayoral candidate, and then, then you say, okay, now it's time to vote for 10 city councillors, and you've tried to remember the names of all of those 10 people, and you start to go down the list, and you check off the names that you recognize, and it's possible that as you go down the list... Uh, you make a mistake, and maybe two. And if you aggregate those mistakes into thousands of ballots, it can make a, a small difference. So these are not, even when the advantage is there, we're not talking about enormous, enormous effects. But it can, it can sometimes, in a competitive race, mean the difference between winning and losing. Um, and so it's, it's more born of, of simple mistakes than laziness, I think. You know, people aren't just going in and, and, and checking off the first 10 names on the list. 
But so if that's the case, and it's as you're going down the list and and making a couple of mistakes in that sense, by randomizing the ballot then, by, by simply mixing things up and by putting the names then not in alphabetical order, does that not then give the advantage to whoever, whoever happens to then become the names that are on the top of the ballot? Absolutely. This is one of the things we wrote in our in our recent report was that what you're doing with a randomized ballot is really just picking a different set of winners. If there is a if there is an advantage to being at the top of the ballot, then that advantage right now is enjoyed by people whose last name happens to be start with an A or a B or a C. And with a random ballot, uh, it means someone else will get that top of the ballot advantage. Now we think that there's not too much reason for concern uh, because of the party system in Vancouver and because of the party labels on the ballot. But my view is that with the random ballot, you're likely to see more mistakes, not less, because it's it, it can be difficult on a list of 40 or 50 names that are organized in a random order to find the 10 people that you're looking to vote for. And even the way things are shaping up in Vancouver, unless there are people that drop out, just navigating through the mayoral candidates is going to be a challenge this time. That's right. And what about the the idea, and I know you've written about this or in your research, is it done in other places where, or or why is it, does every ballot have to be the same or can there be different uh, lists, different orders in different ballots, on on different ballots? Yeah, there are a lot of of ways that different cities do it. So uh, in the city of Calgary where I live, they have a rotating ballot, uh, which is, is, the overall order is alphabetical, but every Every ballot is ordered uh, differently in the sense that if I'm at the top of one ballot, I'll be in second position on the next one, and then I'll be in third position on the next one, and so on through the list. That's one way to do it. Another way to do it is to have uh, rotation across polling stations so that every polling station in the city has ballots with a, a slightly different order so that you might be at the top of the ballot in one polling station, but maybe you're in the middle at another polling station. Uh, and there's a lot of American cities that, that use that uh, procedure. So, unfortunately, the city of Vancouver is, is limited by the, the city charter to having either an alphabetical ballot or a randomly ordered ballot with the same order across the whole city. Um, but there are other ways to do it, and I think those those other alternatives are often better than just having the same order for the entire city, especially with a long and complicated ballot like like we have in Vancouver. And is there evidence then, uh, say in Calgary, with the rotating ballot, that it does uh, get rid of the the aardvark advantage? Yeah, it's a little hard to test because of the rotation of the names, but we have found no evidence of any uh, ballot order advantages in, in Calgary. All right. Is it does it point to perhaps? Oh, I don't know how you would do it though, because there's a certain number of candidates and that changes and such. But as you've mentioned, it is such a long ballot, and maybe that is what scares some people away from from voting in civic elections. But is it does it point to a need to somehow streamline the ballots? Well, I think what you really learn from the research on the aardvark advantage is that uh, what voters need in order to make decisions and avoid making mistakes is good information. And really, if you think about it, that's what a party label on a ballot is. It's a piece of very important information about each candidate. And so my view is that the most important thing is to ensure that uh, there's 
no uh, we minimize the chances that a voter is going to be confused by a ballot and we maximize the chances that they're going to have the information they need to make the choice that they want to make. So that means information prior to election day, but it also means ensuring that the ballot is is clear and, and well-labeled. And in my view, I, I think an alphabetical ballot, when you're dealing with 40 or 50 names, if it does have those party labels, is a little easier for voters to deal with than the randomly ordered one. You're right, because people will generally go in with at least a couple of names of the people that they know they want to vote for. And, and you're right, if it's alphabetical, that just makes it that much easier to find them. That's right. And I would imagine, too, like you said, once the party affiliation came into place in Vancouver, it got rid of the aardvark advantage. So heading into this civic election, even with the randomized ballot, as long as those party names are there, uh, it shouldn't really change things, should it? I think that's true. It's it's one thing that happened in, in Vancouver in 1993. Uh, in that election, they actually used a random ballot. So this isn't the first time the city of Vancouver has experimented with this. And after that election, they chose to go back to the alphabetical ballot because they got complaints about how confusing it was to deal with the randomly ordered ballot. So they did decide to go back to an alphabetical one. But it wasn't a disaster. There was no catastrophe. I think that it'll be fine, especially if, the, as you say, the party labels are clear and, and voters are well informed about who's running for which party. It should be okay. These are effects that that happen at the margin anyway, even even when they're there. So uh, overall, I think there's not reason for serious concern. All right. We'll leave it there. Uh, Jack Lucas, thank you so much for joining us this morning. I appreciate your time today. Thanks for having me. All right. That is Jack Lucas. He is the assistant professor in the Department of Political Science at and director of the Urban Policy Program at the School of Public Policy at the University of Calgary. Uh, I think, uh, and I tend to agree, it's the ballot itself is going to be huge, especially if everybody, although I'm not sure everybody that's declared will still be there come voting day. But imagine if they are. That's going to be a big ballot to, to uh, go through. Uh, the city, though, says it is spending, I think it's something like $235,000 to educate people on the change. <laughs> Do we really need to spend $235,000 to tell people it's no longer going to be alphabetical? You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.